Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, I'm Zach Hudson and I'm fucking amped to be on talking schmeat. Holy cannoli. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big dog's in. Do we really want to be here? Oh, everything's changed. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. Talking Schmidt, dude. <laughs> You're going to come out different. <laughs> shit my pants, lad. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. Holy shit. It's about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Tell the skateboard police to come get me. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Smith. Yeah! We did a little ripoff from Conan O'Brien today, kids, and there's a big disclaimer. This may or may not be the best podcast you ever listened to today. We are talking zines, skateboarding, life lessons, and all of that with the CEO of the world's <laughs> famous How Dare You Zine. This is Zach Hudson. What's up, Schmitty? How are you, dude? It's been what? At least five years, maybe more. Yeah, I haven't been to the city for five years, so it has to have been at least five years. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm in a little SRO, little room. Like it's a probably a hundred year old building or eighty year or something like that. But um, yeah, it's converted into like a sort of treatment center. It's not a rehab, but it's a uh, it's a treatment center for for men and women, mostly men though. And uh, so I just stay here and uh, under certain conditions, but I'm about to leave in a couple of weeks, going back to New York. Oh, cool. How yeah. far are you from Burnside? Oh, uh, Burnside Street is right there. And then I, I'm at the end of the bridge on the um, west are you side. East side? So, oh, you're west side. Yeah. So I just go right across the bridge. Yeah. It's probably a eight minute skate. Okay. Are you kind of by yeah. that con- Al Conservatory? Uh, no, no, no about that. Okay. Yeah. I'm in the Al Conservatory. I'm in Old Town. Uh, okay. So third and Cooch, right by that sign that says Made in Portland. You know, oh, okay. Yeah. Place. Right by the pizza spot. What's it called? Zo- uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's called Pizza Slut or something now. Joe, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe Price used to work there. At the I window. remember that. I, I went there when he worked there. I got a picture of him slinging, slinging dough through the slit. Uh, uh, well, let's start with where it all began. Where'd you, where were you born and raised? Okay. Well, I was two different. I wasn't raised where I was born, right? I was born in Illinois, in uh, I don't know, near Saint, East St. Louis, just outside East St. Louis, Missouri, but in on the Illinois side. Uh huh. Or no, there's St. Louis, Missouri, and there's East St. Louis, Illinois. Anyway, I was born in the Midwest, and uh, wait, were I you moved... born at uh, fucking Herman's Hole? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I almost died there. Um, <laughs> By there, though, right? Um, dude, I don't know my Midwest geography that well, to be honest. You know, oh, okay. I was just born there and I left from there to, um, to Austin when I was like one or two years old. So like 78, I moved to Austin. My dad was a big time Coke dealer, like big, like he, he was very successful. And, um, 
he uh he was he got busted with 350 pounds of weed this guy's got bud back when it was i mean even if it was legal that much weight like <laughs> anyway so he he got busted he jumped bail or jumped the bench or whatever you call it you know didn't go to court so then he was a fugitive so he's wanted by the fbi he was on the like most wanted list so they were after him but he sold more than just weed he sold stuff i mean he he kept busy and anyway so he had to keep moving he had fake identities and all this stuff so he relocated to the west coast to uh to the bay area like way back i don't know 70s 80s uh -huh. so that's kind of where my connection to the, the bay area he went away to prison until 88 so i lived with my mom in texas till 88 then i moved to the bay area in 88 you were in austin the whole time till 88 yeah, from like 78 to 88. And I went back for high school a little, like for two years. But then I came back to the city in 94. Okay. Yeah. So were you friends with like Zach Martin and Jake Nunn and them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. I moved. So I went, I moved to the East Bay, Pleasant Hill, and then Antioch. I don't know if you consider Antioch the East Bay, but whatever, Bay Area. And um, so I lived out there until like 91 one or two like after the blind video came out i moved back to austin for two years and then i turned 17 and then i moved back to the city proper san francisco proper okay so yeah i knew zach martin peyton denman brian mcguire mosley ryan burkhalter he's rip and um and zach and jake yeah jamie telch yeah. was elias out there then no he didn't move out there till like my sf days like yeah but what I know was, him, you know, I know him from SF and I know him. I've been to a shop a bunch of times. He's cool. What was some of the shit that like you were like, what was your early influences out there? Were you into like Crum and Gibson and all the Texas guys or? No, I was like, well, at what point? Like, so like in early like skating, when you're getting the fire, like you get your first, like early on, you're getting your boards and you're starting to figure out what skiing is. Maybe your first mag, you start putting pictures up on your walls of like some of your it favorites. Was, it was like the eighth street dudes, Hensley and Ron Allen and Chris Miller. Not, he wasn't eighth street, but, uh, mm. Doug Smith, shout out Doug yeah. Sainz, John Diago. Mike Schwartz was my favorite skater when I was a kid. He was he's a Manisha Loke. I'm sure you know that, but I'm just saying it for the yeah listeners. And um, that seems random. How did it, how did that happen? Well, I lit because I didn't start till '88. I didn't really start boarding until '88, and so my beginning of skating was in the Bay Area. Oh, okay, okay. So like in like so, did you see him like in person at Benicia or something? Oh yeah, all the time. Like I saw uh, like the infamous nose grind on the I think it's eight or 10 stair rail mike schwartz he's india you know what I'm, you know you know mm -hmm. yeah he's doing that stand-up nose grind that was a photo but besides that i just knew him from from seeing him skate him and his brother right okay no. sick so you you weren't really skating much in austin yet no i didn't start skating in austin until i went back in like 92 so like 88 to 92 is only what four years but mm. it was a huge different when you're that age like 14 to 14 to 17 or 14 to 18 or 13 to 17 whatever it was yeah well, it's also a period where skateboarding changed a lot like from oh 88 to 92 i mean that's a fucking 
That's yeah, the you're Bertha going- street skating, like wall rides, like maybe some early handrails, like. It's like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And 91 was the blind video. And then 92, I think, was the 101 video. I mean, yeah, that wasn't as profound as the blind video. But I was just thinking about, like, Costin's part. He does, like, a kickflip tail slide, front side. And, you know, he does an Adam McNatt nose grind nollie flip, you know. And, like, mm. the blind video as progressive as it was. You go two years further and nose grind nollie flip. That wouldn't have been. You didn't see that in the blind video. You know yeah. So yeah, you're right. The progression was really was deep. that your shit then was the like hocus pocus and uh Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shackle me not and fuck, Sick Boys. Sick Boys was like one of my fa- uh, first and favorite videos. Okay. And it's a lot different than the H videos, of course, but like same era. Who were some of the early guys that you met when you moved to the Bay Area? Um, nobody I mean, I was 11, so I, oh, I mean, shit. There, was, okay. there was, there was Mark Hart, which I think he lives in Philly now, but, and there was a couple guys, I lived in an apartment complex in Pleasant Hill and like two doors down was a skater. He was like 18, but I thought he was like a full grown man. You know, I mean, he might've been 16. I don't know, but they had this <laughs> team and, uh, called always in motion aim. And it was Doug Sainz, John Diago, Mark Hart. I think maybe Ben Job. I think he was an East Bay guy. I think like I always was um, unsure of that, but uh, uh, him in particular. But um, but yeah, those are the guys. And then Benicia was, you know, a thirty-minute drive. My dad would take me to Benicia. He'd sit at the grocery store that used to be across the street and just read all day, or he would just drop me off. I mean, I was little, you know, I was like eleven, twelve. Once I started getting a little older, I would take the bus or ride with friends. Mm. Yeah. But uh, Benicia was the spot. And Embarcadero, too. I'd sneak off to the city when I was... The first time I went to Embarcadero was 88, 89. 88. Okay. Fuck yeah. Was, you were too young to uh, skate that pool that was in Pleasant Hill? There was a really I skated good... it. Uh-huh. That yeah, was, was one that, of the best pools I've ever skated, I think. It was wide open. Yeah. yeah so right. good. Yeah. I skated yeah, with Shaggy open. and Phil and a bunch of dudes in, like, I want to say nine... Sometime in the nineties for sure. Maybe ninety okay. five four spots. Oh early. wow, it was still going. Because I remember or maybe early and maybe ninety-two. I, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah, I remember I would just take off from home on my board and just skate for who knows, ten miles a day, like journey and just to ditches. And we heard about this pool, so we heard it was a bust, but and we I did not escape pools. I, I can't imagine what I was doing. Mm. But I would just go stand in the shallow or, you know, like how, how you skate a pool. But I, I just did whatever the older guys were doing and just kind of pushed towards the light that was in the deep end. I can't remember what I did, but I wasn't like skating it like how it proper. But I'm pretty sure it was Wade was there. So he was doing oh. like stand up grinds. And I was like, you know, I'd never seen such shit in my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what was some other shit you would skate over there? Did you skate like Caldecott Tunnel or like what are some of the, there was Caldecott Tunnel had this long ass ditch. I don't know if you ever skated it, but. Oh, I when, never even heard of that. Yeah. I know the Caldecott Tunnel, but it's I It's like I right on the other side. Like, I guess it's Arinda now. It's like they tore it all out and put nice places. But when uh, I was younger, it was like kind of desolate and it was like a farm almost. And it was like a mm-hmm. drainage. It was sick. It went. It was like our our wallows kind of thing. It was like, oh, oh man, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. I never never heard of that. 
And then there was like the YMCA or something. There was a wooden uh, park that was either Pleasant Hill or the next city over. I forget what it's called, but Wade would always go there and have footage. Uh, Dublin or something. Man. I don't know. I think yeah. the bullpen. I don't know. You're, you're schooling me on spots, man. You're not making me look good at it. No. <laughs> This no, might have been spots, I don't this know. might have been a little earlier, but what what where what are some gems that you remember that maybe aren't around or maybe they are still are around? Uh, gems, dude. Like okay, like was there any mini ramp or or vert ramp or anything around or anything like? The, I, I, not to real. I mean, not until I got older and started. Like there was Concord Underground. I don't know. Like Corey Duffel would probably it would probably ring a bell to eight people in the Bay area, like the Concord underground. it was just like curbs, manual pads. You go there. Oh. I would skate my, I went to high school and uh, junior high and high school in Antioch. So okay. I would just skate my school. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it had stairs, handrail banks. Well, they and, had, uh, what was the name of that? The dock or something, right? The oh, the dock park? was right down the street from there. That didn't open up till 95 at least around right. 95 and i skated there but i'd already lived in the city by then okay but yeah i would go down there with ferris and yeah you know the story of jake and coco and everybody getting shot up out there yeah were you there no i wasn't in the van i was i was there but not in the van like i was in a different car oh no shit yeah that was the night that phil phil got a nose grind low to high i think uh dan wolf shot it, it i'm forget what it was might have been in slap but but uh those guys left either right before us or after us and the next day i heard about it i was like fuck oh man yeah yeah holy shit how'd yeah. you meet ferris in the city skating i remember seeing him and scott Bourne skating union square way back you know when it was so like 95 or no you know wow i'm at ferris i took over his job as a shipper at deluxe he was a shipper oh. there when they were back on Egbert. Uh -huh. And uh, so I met him briefly, like kind of like he kind of like showed me the ropes on how to, how to be a shipping clerk, deluxe. And then he was gone. And then I, I was like, okay, that dude with the glasses, I'll see him around. So I, and I would see him around. And then 107 Webster was a skate house. Johnny Roughneck, you know, does this whole thing. Yeah. And um, he had a skate house. So like Ferris and Scott Bourne lived in a little, dungeon in the back of the house that they cleaned out was a boiler room and i was like basically a homeless kid all the, most of the time i was in san francisco i would just like couch surf or like sleep on rooftops or whatever so i would stay with ferris and uh that force of nature scott born <laughs> so yeah yeah and then ben cron was there ultimate bill ben cron uh upson shout out yeah a lot of oh, people upson were. was there too I remember seeing Upson at a 107 Webster. That's probably, I met him earlier. I used to crash on Arco's floor. Uh, uh, he lived in the TL. 225 Hyde Street, Hyde Turk. Yeah. yeah. So. How rad, dude. What was that, um, what was that like getting the job at Deluxe? Like, did you meet somebody that told you to come down? Did you just like wing it and go in? What was the interview like? Who interviewed? Was there an interview? Okay. Like, how'd that whole process go? I was skating the mission with there was a few people but i want to say matt mcgrath um and tommy guerrero we were all skating maybe phil might have even been there i don't know but um yeah we were skating uh 
Tommy Guerrero and we stopped for euros or they stopped for euros or like burritos or some shit. And I just kind of sat there. <laughs> I had no fucking money. I was living in the Tenderloin with my friend Chris Robinson and uh, I had no money. And Tommy's like, dude, you need a job, dude. And I was like, yeah, I do. What's up? <laughs> He's like, come by the warehouse. So I'm by the warehouse. And That's hilarious. What year was that? As far as the job interview goes, it might have been Clint, Jeff Clint or um, Kirk. Maybe, huh. yeah, that interviewed me. And then, uh, and Ruben was, was there, Ruben Orkin. Oh, sick. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just started boxing boards. There was a Russian kid, and he didn't skate. But, uh, yeah, that was Deluxe. And it was, I thought it was the coolest job ever. Like, I had always gotten jobs and, and not really dug them. But this one was, like, in skateboarding, and, like, Gons would walk through, or Mike Frazier helped me put boards together, you know? Like, yeah, you know. Jason Lee and Pierre Benetomaco and like just freak skaters, freaks, whatever, you know? And I was yeah. just like, yeah, it was, it was awesome. And then they, you know, they paid shit, but you know, they'd hook me up with boards and stuff here and there. How long did you work there for? I don't know. A matter of months, I'd say maybe five, six months. She was tight. Not then that long. You, did you quit or you get fired? I just went, I was always loose. Like I, I could never stay one place too long. I don't know where I went from there. I might've gone to Alaska or maybe I went to, uh, I went back to Austin for a while to save money mm. to go to Alaska. So I went to Seattle, got hired on by a company and went out and worked in Alaska on the boat. Yeah. It was a um, processing ship. It wasn't a, technically it wasn't a fishing boat. It was 680 foot, huge processing ship. 680 feet is like, I think it was the biggest mothership on the Pacific or something like that. And we were docked, anchored uh, off the coast of Russia. So it was off by the Aleutian Islands. So you had to take a plane to Anchorage and then a seaplane to a skiff. Yeah, it was, Dude, it was outrageous. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Uh, those big waters and stuff? Are you, are you chilling or you get seasick? Well, the, the boat's so big that there were some pretty big storms, but it didn't it didn't rock it, the boat too bad it's not like a deadliest catch where dudes are just puking and fucking going crazy i'm i'm sure on the smaller boats you know like we would have boats that we commissioned or that we communicated with from other countries and they would they would sell us their fish so we would get this big backing hook it up to their boat suck it in process the fish move it around we worked in these refrigerators freezers so when you say a freezer you think like a walk in at a restaurant or something but these things were like four stories high size the length of a city block and there was like three of them or something like that oh damn but you would just be like moving boxes of surimi or whatever it was surimi is like imitation crab or something like that and it was just like these 40 pound boxes you just hook them onto a conveyor belt 40 pounds isn't that much but it was 12 hours a day every day so 85 <laughs> hours a week yeah you got carpal tunnel luckily though i was like 20 years old so uh yeah. You, did you skate it all up there? No, I took a bus. No, I didn't skate when I got to Alaska. There was no, we weren't on land. There wasn't so. a, was the name Adrian uh, Williams, I think lived up there and uh, oh, yeah. Ellington. There's a couple of Alaskan dudes. Yeah. No, I didn't even like, I touched ground at the, like at you were the, just in the water the whole time. Yeah. I was in the water the whole time. I, I when I was in Seattle to get hired, I had to stay at like a, hostel for a couple of days so i had a board 
And right before I got on my plane, I just sold this some kid for 40 bucks and got some soup or whatever the hell I was doing. <laughs> what, a- what age were you when you got your first camera? My first camera that I didn't really put to use, but my first camera came from a friend of my dad's who killed his wife on acid. He went away. He came back. It wasn't Sammy town from Fang, was it? No, it wasn't that that cool. I mean, that's that's another story, but he gave me a Pentax K1000. I think that's what it was called. And uh, I I, I like photography. I like images I always have. And, uh, but the, the rings on the lens, the shutter and the aperture, uh, it was too much for me. So I just would shoot photos, you know, just point and shoot basically and no settings. I didn't figure out shutter and aperture way later until um, 2003 or four when I started going to city college. I just took an intro class. Yeah. And they entered, they explained to me like what shutter and aperture is and how it just, how much light leaks in and how quickly, I just took it from there. I got a uh, FM2 Nikon. Joe Hamicky told me what to get. Rip. I took a class at City College on how to develop, shoot and develop black and white. So this is pre-digital, right? I mean, it kind of existed, but not the quality that it does today in 2004. Uh Yeah, I just took it from there. And I got lucky, like, shooting photos, you know, because I was in the city, so I was surrounded by rad skaters. Yeah. and, And... the first photo I got was a that was published was Pablo Carranza at 16 Admission Bar Banks. Uh-huh. Um, they had a roughneck tour, it's like a little skate demo type thing, a three up, three down, and then pretty much down the street, 16th and Mission Bart Walls. So they had like a little high wall ride contest. I got up on the fence and got this odd angle, and it worked out. And then Julian hit me up. He's like, oh, yeah, let me see that. They use it for an anti-hero ad. I was fucking stoked, you know, because shot an anti-hero ad, like, straight out the gate. I was pretty hyped. I always liked the story at Pablo's first trip in the van. Uh, they're driving down the street, and he's like, points over at these uh, fucking pipes coming out, shooting smoke. And he's like, are those cloud makers? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, it was like a foundry or, or a, yeah, something like that. I wasn't there, but I've heard that story. Yeah. Is that where uh, they make clouds? Yeah, Pablo. I love Pablo. And Pablo. Shout out. Um, so was that kind of how you met Julian and them was working at Deluxe or did you know them before that? I knew them before that. I met when I first moved to the city of San Francisco, it was like 94. And I moved, I started staying at the Hate Street house, the Hate Street. Street hookers house that's where they have the puke fest and the fucktards video Fuck, yeah yeah and uh so i started staying there and there are these i like knew one girl so i got in and then she knew all the other and like everybody knew each other of course and so i was like i remember mike bavarnik gravedigger argo Ruben, we coco freddie gall was upstairs do we really want to be here the glue had lived upstairs made and distributed goods for everyone <laughs> if you know what i mean yeah <laughs> little yellow powder and um yeah that was 94 and so like julian was there and arco and yeah i just kind of they're a little standoffish so for like i mean five ten years i knew julian but didn't wasn't really friends with them i mean it took like it took a while to to become friends with that dude uh-huh. and and but arco i would stay on his floor and like 
Hurley, Jason Hurley, you know, anticipation, right? Yeah. That too. And um, yeah. So we stayed at Arco's floor on Hyde Street. What's up? Off and on. I just got the um, original, well, not just, it was a while ago now, but I just finished making this China Banks documentary and uh, Tobin gave me the uh, original tape of Julian and Cardiel skating and Hurley's filming, actually, and then later Sean Young comes in and you can hear him go like, come on, get it. Like, it's so sick here in their voices. Like, I saw that, man. Props. That was really good. Everyone Uh, that I... Like people come to me. Did you see that? Did you see that? It was sick. Yeah, the China Bay documentary was fucking excellent. Hell yeah, thank you. Yeah, it it took a long time with the pandemic and everything. Shit was just on whole. Everything crazy. Like Jake died. Fucking Preston died. Monk died. The pandemic, and it was like finish this video. And Jake and I had this idea, and Jake's like, dude, he called Arco, and he's like, work with Schmitty. And then one day me and Arco got together, went to China banks and started filming like his recollections. Yeah. And and we got so much like information for me that it was like, fuck, this is rad. And then once Julian was like down to be involved, I was like, this is is," because I knew Cardiel would do it, but I Mm -hmm. wasn't sure if it's not always Julian's thing to talk on camera and that kind of stuff. Right, Right. And he did a really proper interview. And I was like, this is gold. We, this is going to be great. You know? And then it Tobin, wasn't. Tobin dug up the original tape. And I was just like, just going through shit, like a kid in a candy store. Like, yeah, Oh my yeah. God. Like, yeah. So I was privileged. It was cool. I mean, it was all their history. I just put it together. It was excellent. And when I see stuff like that, cause you don't like, there wasn't a lot of hype up to it. It was just like, it's out. I mean, I didn't give it much thought how long it takes, but I, I was like, wow. Like, now that you say that, wow. That's what Burnett always says. He's like, nobody's waiting for this except for you. Like, no one knows, you know, until it comes out. Like, so don't worry. And you're just like, yeah, but my, br- I can't. Yeah, just like yeah. you were saying, you can't stay at a job for long. I can't stay on a project for too long. I got the mm-hmm. P-Stone mentality where I just like to, like, keep it going. You know, it's like Jake yep. going to s- skate spots, too, like, You'd be there 15 minutes. He's like, let's go to the next one. You're like, dude, right. we just stretched. Like, I just yeah. got warmed up. <laughs> just stretched. Yeah, you and Salva. Yeah, Trujillo uh, got three tricks. We're out. Like, let's go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. I remember I, Jake's taking me to a couple pools. And like, yeah, that was, that was his style. You know, he's like, well, you got time to fucking stretch. The cops will fucking be here by the time you finish stretching. It's time to yeah. hit and quit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yep. uh, when what was that living on the hate street is was jake coming through there a bunch is when did you meet jake for like c- kind of getting to know him okay i remember the, my first my first encounter was at the steps there at thrasher like i don't i, I don't remember the layout exactly of the warehouse of the uh like thrasher. when you walk in the door the stairs that go up no no it was like it was more to the side Anyway, I was just sitting there, minding my business, 18 years old, had an attitude, but so does Jake. <laughs> so I had this Three Stooges shirt. I just got it at a thrift store, and it said something about computers on the back. And uh, and Jake was sitting, talking to somebody four steps above me. And I'm just sitting there, like, smoking a cigarette or something. Like, I kind of know who he is, but I'm I'm not talking to him, and he's not talking to me. And he's like, hey, you know about computers, dipshit? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't say anything. Okay. 
So, I mean, that's not a great story, but that's the first time that we encountered each other. The uh-huh. next time I was at Arco's house, we're sitting around drinking Meister Bra or whatever. I'm 18 still, you know, maybe 19. And uh, Arco's like uh, on the phone. And he's like, okay, later, dude, see ya. And uh, he's like, Jake Phelps is coming over. I was like, so? I mean, I didn't really, I kind of knew the name, but like I didn't, I learned to love Jake later. So I wasn't like, oh, sick. You know, I was just like, okay, what, what's that mean? And he's like, well, he's going to make you feel pretty uncomfortable, I think. You know, he's going <laughs> to, I don't know what exact arc, arc's exact words were, but he's like, yeah. just, you know, he's going to, he's, he's going to test you or whatever he says. Mm. And so we're all just sitting around. Jake bangs on the door, comes in. And I had the audacity to just not even speak up to say anything. But then I just asked him for a cigarette. It's like, no, no jokes, no smokes. That was that. But we became friends afterwards and then kind of frenemies for a while. I don't know. It was a tumultuous relationship, you know, but he called me his friend once. We, we, we drank beers together. We've been on the road together. He called me up to go to the Carbondale run. So I jumped uh, in the van with him then. Oh, with the kids, right? With Sean and Jordan? And Karma and Pierre and Mickey. Yeah. And uh, Jordy. Yeah. What was it? Ted. Uh, I talked to Ted. He said to ask you about some nickname called New School. Uh, all right. Yeah, Teddy. Shout out. <laughs> so I used to uh, ride for New School. I, I was on the B team for, oh, actually, it started out public. You remember public? Chet Maybe. Thomas rode for him. It was like oh, yeah, basically yeah, yeah. John Fallahy Alba deal. Uh huh. And um, so there was public with Chet Thomas. And then like I started riding for them. I, I would buy boards. I was on the B team. So, you know, I was up there. And then, and then new school was like their sister or brother company, whatever. So I started getting new school boards and then that was an Antioch. And then I moved to Austin and I was wearing like, I was riding a new school board at a new school shirt and a new school eight ball hat. And I go, <laughs> and Austin is a great city, or especially back then. I mean, I the kids Austin. are like, I mean, SF heckles, Austin heckles pretty fucking good too, but it was just the nineties, you know? So I'm there looking like a dork. And like, whether you could skate or not was, that's not what they're just looking at your, your gear. They're like, oh, what's up new school. Uh, and it stuck. And I was like, well, I guess that's my nickname. Or they would call me Corbs. There's Jason Corbett wrote from new school. Anyway. Yeah. That's <laughs> that story. Zach Martin actually gave me that nickname. New Corbs, school? I think he, oh, Corbs. yeah. Corbs. What's some good shit you've seen? Have you gone skating with those dudes and seen some fucking big hops of Jake Nunn or some radical moves from Zach or any of them? Just watching Zach skate, like mini ramps, spine ramps. I mean, he could skate anything, street vert, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, just doing like stuff so flow. Like, uh, I don't know, fakie to backside, fakie 5 to rail smack and and then just fly over the, I can't say like any one particular trick and same with Jake. Like I remember up in the North end, he was of Austin. He was, he was just all in some huge, huge gap. He, it was, he kept grinding his hands cause he would, he would, you know, he was eating shit at first and it was like this gravel parking lot. So he just put socks on both hands. So he just, it was like, <laughs> it was gnarly. He's just like pushing full speed at some gap with like colored socks on each of his hands. It looked like he was doing a puppet show and getting gnarly at the same. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. nothing really like in particular, in particular, just gnar. Both awesome dudes. I spent a lot of time with those guys. I was filming for Thinks when the when they were on there, so it was like I got to know them real well. Zach, both was, 
Zach would stay with Phil and Zooch and stuff. And we went back to Austin a few times, I think, with those guys. Did you know that guy? I think he might have died, but he, little Dave. Oh, he did die. Yeah, that dude was cool. Yeah, I knew him. He was awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. whenever I would go through Austin, I mean, I knew him since he was like 12. Like he would, mm-hmm. you know, come over to my little, I lived with this dude, Ricky Soto, and he would be in a little room off campus, UT campus, and little Dave would like get off fifth or seventh grade or whatever it was with his little backpack and just come knocking on our door and, can you guys skate? What are you doing? We're watching TV, drinking beer, go away. <laughs> we were like, the, it was like Arco's apartment in Austin and I was the older guy, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. yeah. But uh, he was a very troubled young man and uh, he met his demise. Damn it. As people do. Yeah. Rip. Because mm. he was a, he was a sweet kid, man. You know? So yeah, he was always bringing like the fun, like just like humor, like definitely fun and funny and shit. Yeah, he wasn't a very timid guy. He was awesome. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh true or false, you got your skateboard stolen at EMB. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I did. I got jacked in EMB and the guy didn't even have a gun or a knife that I know of. Yeah. It's embarrassing, man. Was it, it from it, a it, skater or from a hood or what? No, a hood. Oh. Good kid, you know. Um, you want to you want the story? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or did you leave your in. board over here, or did he come and grab it uh, from you, or what? It's 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 so embarrassing, but I'll tell it. Okay. So I I took the. It was seventeen. And I just moved to the city, and I was staying in a little SRO, and uh, I go to skate. And I had just set up a new ATM board, right? New school ATM. Like I was getting boards from these guys, and it was bur- all white. It just looked like a pristine board, you know. And I go to EMB, and it was like, it was just a darker vibe there. It wasn't like ninety one or ninety two. It was, it was like a little, it was a little colder, you know. And uh, but I'm skating, just doing my thing. But I, I made a mistake, and I just sat down in this hood. He looked like uh, Chris Rock from CB4. I remember that because he had like Jerry Curl, beanie, glasses, and maybe mm. I don't know if he had gold teeth too, but. He, you know, he was just like a, a neighborhood fella. And uh, he says, hey, man, you want a cigarette? You want to? I remember they were cool. And I, was, I was like, yeah, I smoke. I'm dumbass, like taking candy from strangers. And I learned, I mean, like I said, this is not the bright spot of my mo- life here. But I was like, yeah, I took a cigarette. And uh, and then he's just like kind of milling around. And everybody was there, like LeVar. And I remember LeVar was there. There was at least a dozen others locals and be local skaters and uh he's like hey can i see your board and i was like uh i didn't like that i was like all right go ahead and he stood on the board he tic-tacked around he was pushing around i was like oh he he's, he's just enjoying himself i was like okay cool don't be a dick zach you know but i'd heard about the jackets too so i was a little weary but he gave it back to me i was like okay cool so i started skating he's like hey let me see your board again and uh i handed it over and he just started walking away you know, around the corner of the Hyatt, like up Market Street. And I was like, I just kind of looked at the ground. I was like, fuck, what? LeVar's like, you better go get your board, dude. I was like, you're right. So I just stood up, followed him like I was going to do something. And I just got in his face. I was like, give me my fucking board back, man. You know, and I kept trying to grab it. And he started, started getting in my face, just growling at me. And I just kind of, he just he's intimidated me. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I think about it all the time. Like I should have just started swinging, 
and like what happens happens you know but uh i didn't know his deal what he what he had on him or right you know when you're when i was that young i was 17 i didn't know how things i had imagined how things were so i imagined he's got a big brother around the corner or or maybe he does or he's part of some gun or a gun or a knife or whatever so yeah i got jacked but there's a little redemption to the story. So I went back to my little SRO, <laughs> set up a new board. Luckily I had access, you know, I had another parts or whatever. So I set up a new board and uh, I was pissed at myself. Right. So I went down to market arrow the next morning and I had the guns just to redeem myself. Yeah. Nice. Nobody could take that away from me. And so when I left and the, and this is, just a tidbit interesting uh the only person there was no skaters there i just was there by myself just mono gonzo whatever and uh the only other person there was gabriel rodriguez sitting in the corner just kind of watching and when i left he's like what's that what's up another r.i.p but yeah how sick are those early photos in Barcadero where there's just like lavar's chilling underneath like someone's doing the gap and lavar's like just sitting I uh-huh. just love seeing the dudes that are at the sessions underneath or in the background. It's like fucking yeah. amazing days. Do you see Mike Carroll down there a lot? Yeah. Um, Henry. Henry. Mike. Henry was uh, intimidating. Carol. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Kale. He was scary too. Oh, Mike Kale. Yeah. Like, God, he was so goddamn good though. Like you watch footage of it now and it's like pop shove. It's like two feet high. Like everybody else had no power. But the Dogtown video, right? The dog yeah. thing is called the Dogtown video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just doing like, I don't know, he's back lips, front lips, pop shove, it's kick lips, 360 Ollie. Yeah. He made shit look good when everything was kind of puffy and not puffy, but less powerful. You know, everybody was just trying to get the trick rather than make it look good. He was ahead of his game. Yeah, I was just talking to Karma about that video and it's crazy like to think that those guys mostly filmed their whole parts in like two or three sessions. Like yeah, Rosenberg would come to town and him and Wade would go out and they'd film a, a whole day filming and then they'd just put it all together. And that was like two or three days. I was like, damn. Yeah, Cause little. that video was really cool. I was hyped on it when it came out. I remember like Wade, Ollie and those, I think it's on uh five eighty or something like on your way out to Stockton or no eight, eight. I don't know one of those highways, but it's on the left and no, it's the 24, I think. And there it's like a parking lot in a business thing. Later him and Corey Duffel all eat it together. Oh, that's in Concord. Yeah. Like out to 24, right? Yeah. Um, it's been so long, but yeah, but yeah, one of the, I don't know. Yeah. I know. That's where I used to, uh, yeah kind of live out there pleasant hills and those yeah, yeah. cement ledges that like w- mm-hmm. weighed one a nose ground and stuff yeah and uh yeah did yeah yeah and weighed front board slid the other it was a curb coming out of there yeah but i know that section that business center who what do you think is weighed one of the all times or what i would say so i think you know i I, I still get out and skate, but I think about skateboarding nonstop. I was just thinking about Wade skating the other day. Like he skates like 
if there if there's like the way you're supposed to skate, like that's it. I mean, there's others too. He's not the only one, but especially on spine, of course. Like, yeah, just I don't know. And I see guys like Danny Way, and and I'm like, I and Hasoy, and etc. And I I'm like, I skate, but do I really? <laughs> I don't know what these dudes are doing or how they do it or what it feels like to do the shit that they're doing, man. Yeah. I'm like, but I can like tail slide a ledge or, or slappy a curb or take flip up a manhole or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I rinky dink, you know, skateboard career, but yeah. But anyway, Wade is like, I mean, He's, just thinking about it right now, it just kind of gets you, me pumped, you know? He definitely fit the mold of skater of the year and never got mm. it. He's one oh, of those shit. few guys like, you know, like Muska and Jamie Thomas didn't get, but they weren't really thrasher guys. You know, Wade uh-huh. was a NorCal dude, spent a lot of miles with Jake, <clears throat> did, you know, rode for think like he, and he's one of the greats. I mean, it's like, for me, it was like, uh, Cardiel and Wade maybe Chris Sen, like in that era, like mm-hmm. the all terrain rippers, like later mm-hmm. Trujillo fits that mold and a bunch of other dudes. But early on, those guys were just like, I mean, Phil obviously, but right. I, but it, when I was working for think it was just fucked that you had Phil Drahobel and Wade. It was like Jesse Piaz. It was just like, they could skate everything, dude. It was, yeah. And that team was gnarly. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are, what are our thoughts on skateboarding in the like in this new era, like the whole <laughs> woke movement and evolving oh, and everything? You just, like, you're just baiting me. You're trying to get me to say something <laughs> so I can get canceled. <laughs> well, it's, how about how about this? What about just everybody rips? No, that's not true. Really? <laughs> yeah, I it's, mean, it seems like every fucking kid that skates is good. Like. And you don't even know who half of these dudes are. Oh yeah, well, you know in what that I mean? sense, that, that that's true to a sense. But I see some. I gotta watch what I say, I guess. But yeah, see some some stuff go down, and it's just like, just keep it to yourself. Uh. You know what I mean? It's like it, it just. I mean, let the hippie ride, as Jake would say. Like, I'm not trying to get in anybody's way. Go skate, yeah. freestyle, butt naked, whatever, whatever makes you happy. Yeah, but I just get a little. It's not like I'm offended, but I'm like cringe when I see some of the stuff go down. Mm. But on a positive note, yeah, did I just saw some clip from those two zero kids or whoever many it was, like some zero stuff. And I'm just like, well, and you know what really blows me away is like I think it's I, I I'm not real good on at everybody's name, but uh, Elliot Sloan, Bird Skater. And, and, yeah, well, mega skater, right? Yeah, and then Clay Kreiner, like Elliot Sloan what... had that. Burnett just shot a really sick photo of him with like fire uh, cracker yeah. or something. I just saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, um, and then yeah, I think it's Clay Kreiner. Like, oh, you can skate some mega ramp paddles and just then yeah. I mean, again, that's like Danny Wade type stuff where it's just like it gets me. So I can't do it. I like I, I can't do that. Nah, yeah. can you you know it's like when you're a kid, it's like can you kick flips? Like it's also practice, unrelatable. Like you don't have access to a vert ramp and you definitely don't <clears throat> have access to a mega ramp. Like 
Bob's backyard is in like it's one of a kind. Like what the right. fuck? And I guess Elliot has a similar vibe, but like, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from those dudes. I'm just saying, like, as far as like, okay, this dude just kick flipped a huge gap. I can go to a huge gap. I can learn how to kick flip. I might never be able to kick flip that huge gap, but I can relate. And you're, yeah. that guy doing a rodeo flip over a 40 <laughs> foot gap off of a fucking kicker that goes into a 20 foot high QP. Yeah. I'm like, dude, all I can think about is Jake Brown and Pat Duffy. That's why, you know, I'm like, fuck. nobody did Johnny Cash like us. Not even Johnny Cash, man. It's just strange that I was thinking about this. Like one of my favorite video parts is Danny Way in the DC video. And yeah. it's just the for first mega ramp type, whatever going, you call that. The roll in was scary enough where it's just narrow in the rocks and he's going. Yeah. Yeah. There's the roll in and then there's no net. Yeah. That's not Danny Way style, right? <laughs> And and like and like that and Stevie Williams part are like both my favorites. Like I could more relate to Stevie Street stuff. Not that I'm there, but I'm. But Danny Way stuff is way up there. But what I'm saying is like, it's just I just get stoked on Danny Way and like, even though it's like a, a fifty foot heel flip lip slide or whatever he's doing, I can't do that. But and, I don't and know. Maybe it's the right. Yeah, he, he's skate. Yeah, he's skating to Sabbath or something rad, and then he's fucking. He's got the right style and the attitude and everything that comes along with it. He won Scare of the Year twice. He did. That's you know? and, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, two two different eras, ninety two, and I don't remember when the other one was like ninety. I don't even know, but yeah, yeah. It might have might been, been two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but. uh yeah, actually, a uh, little caveat. I filmed a line of uh, Stevie Williams that was in that DC video. So, uh, at Love or where? No, where at I? EMB. I mean, uh, Pier 7. Pier 7? Yeah. Okay. Sick. Yeah, yeah, that and the Chocolate Tour, those two my two of my favorite video parts, Stevie Williams. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. He quit, he quit the girl chocolate thing, and everybody's like, blowing it. And it All turns right. out, he... He knew what he was doing, or he made it happen. He's got that DGK thing, so good for him. He's on he's on the sides of buildings and stuff. I mean, whatever you're into, but he, he's legendary. He's legendary. I like, Thank I like, you. I like watching uh, the older dude still killing it. Yeah, like, he's an older I mean, dude. Now. He's an older dude now. You can really like little Stevie is not little. No, no. In case you forget, when when did the whole Zine like thing? come together did you think about it for a while or was it kind of spontaneous and you like how 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 did that happen okay so i always wanted to shoot for thrasher right when i first got my camera mm. i wanted to shoot skate photos and then like the ultimate if you shoot skate photos the ultimate is to to get them in thrasher right so um i had a bunch of photos and they definitely weren't that fucking good and then so I would just look at them and it'd be like my friends and I'd think of like a funny caption because I would always be in that that kind of magazine mindset when I would look at an image like a caption, right? And then so me and Mo started saying that we had a zine, but it was just a joke, kind of like Chris Cole has a fake band. Like we had a fake zine. And um, eventually, October 2005, um, I just printed out a bunch of photos and put some paper together oh and it looks like this well it looks like this 
This is the new one. So it's just oh, like sick. like each piece of it's not bound or nothing. Right. Oh, there's no you don't staple it or close it. With no, anything. this is the original. So I make copies off this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. OK. And Damn, then, uh, that looks pretty thick. That's 10 pages. So that's 40 or 10 pieces of paper, double sided and split in half. So it's 40 if you count the covers. Yeah. 40 pages. And then so, yeah. So I would just use my photos and like photos from like, I don't know. I was really obsessed with Dr. Phil and Oprah. Just uh. <laughs> Because I, I, I like don't like him, <laughs> especially Dr. Phil. So, which is, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I don't even know what, what that means. But, like, I would just <laughs> put all this shit into the zine and just, like, write funny quotes and stuff. So, and then I would just take it to Kinko's and spend, like, $5 on a goddamn copy that I was going to give away. So, I found out ways to make it cheaper. But I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. How, how, where'd the name come from? Okay. So, remember... There was this ditch under the 280 in the city, right by the the golf course. Oh yeah, that's was, right by where I, drive I, range. Yeah. I live like a block from there. Okay, mm. so somebody, I think Julian and Cyrus were cruising by on the freeway or on the street or whatever, and they see just somebody in like ten foot tall letters just written "How dare you!" and they just started saying it, and then we started saying it, and they were like, "Yeah, that's the name of the scene. How dare you!" Ah. and it's just you know it's just kind of a funny thing that like a crotchety old lady would say like oh how dare you so it's just kind of making fun of it's making fun of a lot of shit yeah so yeah. the whole approach is tongue-in-cheek yeah like yeah is there, but there's is, some is there a lot of sarcasm or like what what's the vibe or is it just all over the i mean especially it's, now has it kind of changed a little it's it's chilled out um maybe in a good way maybe in a bad way i don't know because i got this this one and it's it's a little more sincere, but it's like, I don't take it too, too seriously. You know, I really don't like, I just put it together. And this one, like, since I don't have a camera at the moment, so I'm not shooting, I don't have my own photos. A lot of writing, a bit of writing, but it's a lot of submission based. Oh, okay. So I get other people and like a lot of interviews, which, which amounts to writing as well. Like, you know, um, but yeah, it's not a bunch of my photos in there anymore. <clears throat> Who who you got featured in this one? You got the Big Brother guy, right? Earl Parker or some? Earl Parker. It's got Timo Bagwell here. Wait, Timo Timo interview? Yeah, a little Timo interview. Shout Recent? out. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> <laughs> he, and, the, uh, the man does not want to speak right now. No. <laughs> I love Timo. <laughs> I've been tried. Like I was like, how much do I pay you to do the podcast? And then after we're done. You come over and we'll edit it together. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we got, man, Timo's the best. Uh, he's I've known him. He's one of my oldest friends. I know I met him in uh, Houston when I was 17. Uh huh. We jumped in a car back to Austin. He taught me how to steal from uh, soda machines. They call it the ghetto ATM. Fuck. So you get a dollar and you, you tape packaging tape to the end. You put the dollar in and then you zip it out and it gives you a Coke and your change. We would do that and we would just travel all over the greater metropolitan area. We'd have a trunk full of Coca-Colas and like bags of change. Yeah. <laughs> That's he, taught me. he was a Caesar survivor. He's like a, he's like a real street kid with integrity. Well, no, but uh, yeah, that's the zine. It's got a couple interviews. You just putting it together it. right now. How could people get a hold of it? Oh, um, you can 
go through the ins my Instagram, how dare you zine. And uh-huh. then I have a big cartel. I don't even know what the big cartel is called. It's just a link in my Instagram. So go to okay. how dare you zine and, and then hit the bio the and then. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how much does a zine go for? They used to be uh, <laughs> nothing, but I'm trying to get 10 bucks a pop. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Keeping the fucking flame going. Okay. Yeah. Or if you're a shop, you know, a little less because. Yeah, they, they you gotta got make a buck. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I sold a bunch, and uh, the copies are are coming back. Um, I I got a bunch. Um, this dude that does one fifty one, the new version of one fifty one, like mm-hmm. now that it's not with Imperial. Um, he's going to help me make copies. He's going to take half, and I'm going to take half. I don't know. He, oh. I don't know. He might put him his board inserts or something. Okay. So it's just like a little connection. Do you number them? Like no. not not the individual ones, but like eat like is this like issue number four hundred and six or whatever? <laughs> I I think it's twenty seven. That's what I'm saying, bro. I need that. It says twenty seven, okay. but the last one might have been twenty seven. I'm really unorganized, but yeah, so, no, this is the twenty seventh one. And this is two thousand twenty two. And you started the first one was two thousand five. Yeah, so seventeen years, twenty seven issues. <laughs> But you know, it's not like it's not like a real thing where I, you do it once a month. That would that would be a lot of work. Is there one that you look back at as kind of your like the one you'd put on your shelf as your all time? Yeah, I guess the antihero issue. It was number eighteen. You know, the one eight issue. Uh, okay. So I put Andy on the cover, and that's two thousand eleven when Andy was making his first comeback or second. Uh, I don't remember. But uh, so I went and stayed with him. Like he had gotten out of prison. And he was oh. like, I think he might have gotten out of off, off parole or probation or whatever. So I would go to, I was living in, I was squatting in Martinez, California. So I would just take the Amtrak to Modesto and stay with him because I wanted to get a real interview. So we like sat, like sometimes it's just an email, sometimes it's over the phone, but I wanted to do like some actual journalism, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's just question and answer, but, um, yeah, we would sit in his backyard and uh, he would just tell me stories or we would drive, you know, we'd go to skate spot to skate spot and I would just record it. And then I transcribe it. It takes a, it's, I don't have an app or a software to do the zine. I just, I mean, scissors and I ran out of tape, but yeah, I got a bunch of Sharpies and that's it. Like, huh? it's really is your layout old school style where you just tape it onto one thing and then go Xerox Xerox them all? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know if you I'll show it one more time. But like, yeah, I can't really see like those so, are that's taped on there. Yeah. So this is the first, this is the front and back, and that's the inside front and back. Yeah. So and then you just take it and you do copies and then you stack them together, fold it and then staple it so it's a process huh. but it's it's something to do you know and for some reason i like to do it <laughs> what are some of your influences when it comes to photo journalism uh out, outside of thrasher like is it is i'm guessing like fucking you read a lot of bukowski or something <laughs> like what what are some of the the influences that Mofo told me that uh, when he first started working, all he didn't know shit. They just gave him a camera and they're like, go read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and then just try to write like like that. Oh, and, wow. And, and that was it. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, it worked. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think Mofo's a little modest sometimes. Sometimes he's not modest, but when he yeah. was talking about the early days, he he portrays himself almost like a total dipshit, which maybe he was, but like it's undeniable that somewhere he had some earlier things than just reading a book and like what he's done mm. has been pretty impressive. Okay. And I think the thing that's in front of the camera makes the photo too. And the, right. my, one of my favorite, probably if not, if I had to choose my favorite photo is Jay Alabama with the beer and that's the a beer, mofo then. photo. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it just captures spirit energy Absolutely. and it's pretty rad. It's a rad trick and just gnarly. Mm. Um, I like I liked how Jake wrote, like really to the point, and like the fire burns and like I would read like the angel dust that that he would like so seldomly put out. Mm. But I mean, like I would rip that shit out and put it in my wallet. Like it like stoked me the fuck out. Um, yeah, same. I I always encourage him. I think he claimed Phil killed it. Like when Phil died, he couldn't do it anymore. Like I think oof. the last one he did like semi-regularly was phil's like peace out um he did a few after that and then obviously he did the zine but uh yeah i love that shit like yeah. it was yep yeah um and just reading captions and funny you know like wasn't a huge fan of big brother but it was there and then i mean thrasher and big brother couldn't be more fucking opposite but you know, one is about skateboarding and one is about fucking Big Brother. Mm. But um, I I I kind of liked uh, Dave Carney's writing mm. and Stesic. Yeah, I mean, I think Stesic is the guy that everybody modeled after, pretty much. Like he's kind of like you go listen to Led Zeppelin and then you try to make a band that's kind of not enough that you're just ripping them off, but. They're definitely influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what Stesic is for skateboarding journalism. Like Jake, Jake definitely got a lot from him. I think Mo probably did too. I mean, he was kind of the early guy, and all the shit he did with Dogtown and Powell and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, I he's he's uh, he's big. <laughs> when you think when I think of Powell, I think of like two different, like maybe three different Powells, but like the the photos of the guys that. I think it's cab pumping gas and like mm. um, it's black and white. Like that's a Stesic influence. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It doesn't look like some porny stuff. It looks sick, you know? Uh -huh. And and you can see his influence and you can see Stacy's influence. And then you can see probably George Powell's influence and they're all, those three are different people. Right. Anyway. So like Stesic shit. What, what do you, what were your thoughts on con concussion magazine? I don't like the name that, and uh, I don't really have much thoughts on concussion. I, I don't think I ever really read it, but like better than a hole in the head. I know that that was their slogan. And uh, I just remember Mo pointed it, Timo pointed it out. There's two Mo's now. You said Mo, you're referring to Mofo. I was Mofo, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess there's, well, there's Mofo and there's Timo. But anyway, Timo said uh, he gave a review on concussion one time in one of the zines. And it was bad. Yeah, it was really. And how dare you? Can, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that that I don't know where it is, but it's in there somewhere. So one of the issues. But uh, anyway, one of the things I don't like about that 
magazine or was just the name, but I don't, I don't know anything about it really. I forget the guy's name that did it. I haven't thought about it. Davood. Yeah. Davood. All right. Well, <laughs> what's, what's, why is Texas better than Maine? Why is yeah. Texas better than Maine? What is this really happening? I only dream this stuff at home. Well, you got Drahobo versus Craig Johnson. Mm. I don't fucking know, dude. You tell me. <laughs> Texas is sick. Texas is the reason that the president's dead. Holy crap. I remember that. That was my setup question for the next one. And maybe it should have followed this one. But, oh, uh, I, see. I see where you're going. But we're going low card. Okay. Do we got beef with low card? I tried to make like a sort of fake beef, but it was kind of realistic. I tried to swap ads. With, I like Rob. So I'll say that, like, I don't like Locard, uh. but I like Rob, if that's possible. Thank you. <laughs> Rob's a sick individual. I mean, in a good way, sick. Uh. So, um, well, at one time, we were like, let's exchange ads. Back when Locard was like zero, like a zine, and I was, I've always been, you know, so we were like, just exchange ads. Like, subscribe to Locard, subscribe to Ant, uh, how dare you, vice versa. And my ad said, uh, it was a picture of um, a mannequin or something and just said subscribe. And then it said the figment of some lame cunt's imagination, which is a quote from the decline of Western civilization. Mm. And I just, I don't, I don't like to put too much thought into stuff. So I don't even know what I'm saying. Half the, like, I don't know what I was like the greater meaning is or whatever. I just threw it together and handed it to him. He's like, we can't use the word cunt in, in our zine. I was like, you're fucking weak can't say fucking the c word like okay it's a fucking reader's digest family magazine then that's uh, how you know, that was about it and so from there i just kind of ran with it like i kind of made a fake beef like just because like you pick like it's kind of i don't know entertaining but uh, <laughs> i don't like low card though like i <laughs> i don't i've looked at it and there's like ads for like basically rollerblades and shit like the photon light board and the yo-yo wheel and all this stuff <laughs> i mean i'm not I'm not even fucking kidding, dude. I mean, wow. you got to get your revenue, right? But I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, Thrasher doesn't have rollerblade ads, you know, I mean, or milk, right? Wow. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, uh, and it's just all the, and I would look at it and I was part of, I knew most of the people in there. It was like another night of pops or another shitty tattoo session or something. And I knew half the people and I was like, eh, corny. Uh, I just figure if you got a platform and you can say whatever the fuck you want, you should say something cool. And I just don't thought th I never thought that they said anything cool. I know you were a part of it, so I don't know if you got anything to say. Go ahead. No, I just well, I mean, first off, I think like how did he get the platform? He built this thing, right? It must have been something that like people gravitated towards. It's not like he was just handed it. He he made oh, something. No. So. Yeah. Like, do you think it changed when it went from different paper or do you think it's always been the same? I don't know mm. what. And and then the follow up is like, what would you say to him looking through your zine and critiquing? Oh, yourself? so I can I can critique my own. Basically, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Too many. No, I'm just saying and, like uh, you, you look at his stuff and you're like, yeah, too much of this. And then he might look at yours and say, well, five and 20 years or whatever his. Yeah. Thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh so no! He, but okay. I mean, it, I don't know. Is there a competitive thing because you guys are in the same city, or is it just like I don't care? There's no. 
There's, I just don't, I just didn't like the content. And so I like made a stink about it or like in my head I did or something, but I think I, really I don't. had three of the first five covers. Is that, is that real? Eric, Shit. Eric J McKenney, Drahobel, and I forget who else, but I remember, I think it was like two, three and seven, maybe, or something like that. Oh, then yeah, you shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, no okay, nobody right. wants to see me on the cover. I was <laughs> like, man, I'm out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. But uh, no, I, I was. We used to fucking hang tough. I I still love Rob, but like, it grew into more of a Tadashi and those dudes. And okay, you know are they I still? Mean? I don't know. Are they still in production? I think so. I, I yeah. to be honest, I since the pandemic, I work from home now, and Rob oh. used to drop some off at the mag but i i don't really go down there anymore so okay i'm well, off it shout out to rob Collinson. i know rob was uh he was number six on the podcast i think oh he, no was, he was in the first 10 yeah, you got it! yeah hey it's Corey at blue plate 3218 mission street come see us meatloaf fried chicken deviled eggs dollar olympia beers we're here every day of the week we got a garden and we got smiles on our faces come let us make you happy Head on over to your local shop and ask for Blood Wizard. If they're out, then you can tickety-tack on down to bloodwizard.com where you have all of your conjuring needs. Tickety-tack. Do you ever listen to these? Yeah, I listened to a few. I had a job building guitar cases, and I had my own little workshop area, and so I would just put this on. I haven't listened to all of them, but I remember Salmon's. I remember Mike Siemens. Siemens was touching. I don't uh-huh. mean sarcastically either. It was like Siemens was pretty good. Um, some stuff he talked about. Um, some Texas. Did you listen to I had the actor from, uh, he lives down there too. Uh, oh, the no. Skater I, I, for Roger and he's in Walking Dead. I, f- I forget his name. I'm blowing it. I don't know. But, uh, Thompson or Taylor or one of those. I hooked up with him when I was in Austin like because before the pandemic, I only did them in person. Uh-huh. And then when the oh, pandemic okay. hit, I was like, uh, I can't do them in person. And then Zoom opened up this whole, like, I can do you. We're not even in the same state. Like, I was mm. like, oh, this is kind of cool. It sucks that, like, the audio is different and all. And it's a little weird, like. It's monitor. cool that we can see each other, though. Like, yeah. Rather than it just being a phone call. Yeah, I I think so too. I've gotten totally used to it. In the first few, I was like, FaceTime was never my. Even when Peacestone would FaceTime, me, <laughs> I didn't like it. Like I've I've I never like been it. a FaceTime guy. But uh, now I think I can deal with it. It's just like whatever. It is just part of it. Yeah. It's cool. But uh, would you want to talk a little bit about what's going on? Like, what got you to where you are? Like, did you? fucking do something fucking crazy rock bottom style and like end up like saying this is enough or are you just old and kind of over it or like what? um a little of both i think like if i hit a rock bottom it was not the last time i drank like i'm most i don't know i i, I like to say stuff for for the listening audience or whatever so like i'm a you know i got issues addiction issues and drinking issues and stuff like that and uh yeah, I've been trying to get sober for like 10 years, like through uh, through programs, but like I'm not doing the deal. I'm just like half-assing it, half measures, you know what I mean? And so 
uh, and half measures availed me nothing. Um, so um, what happened this last, I was in and out of rehab for like the last five years, like for quite a while. Yeah. Oh, and um, Yeah. So like over 10. And um, last time I was in a rehab was just months ago, five months ago. Um, I was out in California and I came back to Austin and uh, I don't want to like get too many people involved in it or whatever, but for sure. I, I went, I, I partied, I was sober for a hundred days and then I just decided to go out and have one beer. <laughs> like you would think by now that you know that you can't do that, but I did some more research and I proved once again that I don't know where it'll take me. And I just ended up in a bad space. I'll save the details. You know what I mean? But like, Drugs and alcohol were involved and not like party fun stuff. I mean, you call it parties. I call it party stuff just to be, give a general blanket, but like, yeah, back alleys smoking and just bad stuff. Mm. So it wasn't really conducive to, I've got a daughter and a wife and a stepson and uh, it's not conducive to that lifestyle. Those two lifestyles don't mix. So I, uh, I had to, I had to go somewhere. So I called up my friend Pete out in Portland. He's got 15 years sober. And, uh, he said I could stay with him. I flew out here on a whim and I stayed one night, two nights. And then he's like, ah, oh, you gotta go for whatever reason. I wasn't blowing it. It was just for other reasons. So he's like, I was like, well, dude, I don't know Portland really. I've been here 20 years. What, what do you mean? I gotta go. He's like, oh, there's this program downtown, which is where I am now. And uh, they'll take if you know they'll take you in and they give you free room and free room, not board. And it's not a rehab; it's just a room. You got you got your own key, and uh, you know you just got to go to groups and um, UA every once in a while and get on Oregon Health Plan. And so I'm just taking suggestions and just got I'm doing the deal, you know. And uh, I hope to continue to just yeah. take. Well, I don't want to use certain language, but like to um, reckon with myself, my situation, the internal Zach problem. Right. Yeah. Have you been, <laughs> have, have things been clicking? Like you got the thing that I always hear and through my own process has been, you just have to fucking want it. Like you, you said like half ass, it's not going to happen. Somebody uh-huh. else wants it for you. Not going to happen. You seen that. I need to get to there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I've been driven by so much shit. Like I want to finish this project. I want to do this. I want to go there. Like whatever it is, like the skateboard mentality. If you can take that to the drinking or the drugs or whatever and say, I'm sick of this. I want to go there, treat it like a trip. I'm obsessed to get there. I want to do that. <clears throat> that's okay. when I think that maybe Dude, believe me, it ain't easy. I know that, and nobody's a pro, but those are just the words I would give that I hear a lot and that I've used in my own battles. And uh, I like the analogy, like, you know, get to where you're going. Yeah, because you have to, dude, we're who we are, and it's hard to, I mean, the next thing I'm thinking is like, does the, does this whole lifestyle, let's say that you're embracing it and you're doing great, how does that affect like what you've done in the past and what you want to keep doing with, you know what I mean? Like 
evolving is one thing, but then also like respecting yourself and having your friends respect where you're going to like a lot of that goes in your head and it's, it can be overwhelming just those thoughts. And so, yeah, I don't know. What do you do? Do you sit around and read a lot or like, do you like what, what kind of things do you do to help kind of like keep your mind off the dark zones or like jump out of an anxiety attack or whatever it may be? Yeah. Um, I read somewhat. I have literature from various sources like self-help and, stuff. Well, I've got this one right here. I got a little stack of books. <laughs> Who would have thought? But anyway, the power of now. Ah. Eckhart Tolle, Tolle however yep. you say his name. Um, and then a couple other books. And, um, you know, I don't like dig into them hard every single day. I, uh, I go and I go to through meetings with other people of my that have the same problem as me. And, um, we try to, uh, I don't know. We do the deal. There's a lot to it. You know, I don't want, I know, you know, but like, I, I don't want to get too, too much no, into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to help other people too. Like that helps me stay out of my head. Um, that's you know, a big one. Yeah. Helping other. Have you talked to Andy Roy at all? Um, not in weeks. Okay. It's, it's been, it's been not too long, but, uh, as far as I know, he's doing great. Like he, he when I was doing... in the, yeah, when I was in the rehab in, in, uh, back in San Bernardino County in California, he was my neighbor. Like he picked me up at the airport, right. you know, we went skate, we went skating and stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, that's what you just said is kind of what he's doing. Like, focusing that energy on helping other people and just trying to see the rewards and reminding yourself that those rewards are coming to you too. Like, you know, the whole, it's a fucking, it ain't a light switch that you're just like, okay, I'm done. You know, you you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a journey and like, but the cool thing and not to get too preachy again, but like Jim Greco, Andrew Reynolds, Fred Gall, Andy Roy, these legendary Mm skateboarders legendary partiers legendary fuck but they've led this example that so far they can change and do a different deed and still i mean the boss is still the boss and he's the sober guy and all that stuff and like i just think that people need to realize because it's the same thing as smoking a cigarette why'd you do it peer pressure oh and then i was addicted it's like the cool doesn't always have to be like, I got my beer, I'm drunk, I can barely walk. Uh, Not that cool. And there's no regrets. Like, fuck, we've all gone through it and it was part of the journey and where we are now. But as you get older, you need your strength and your health to keep the journey going. So that's kind of where I got to when I hit 40. I was like, fuck, dude, I can't. Hangovers were giving me anxiety attacks like all day. And I'd just be like, I can't. This is a waste. Like, whoa. Yeah. Big waste of on all all levels. I mean, financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I mean, if if I could do it all over, I don't. Know, I never liked that question. But like, if I was twenty two, it might be different. Yeah, <laughs> no, 40. that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, there's no regrets. Like, 
I think I started drinking when I was probably like 16 or 17, you know, and uh, like when you get to 40, you're like 23 years. That's yeah. One fourth of my life. If I'm if I'm lucky. Right. Yeah. I went 15 to 45. So 30 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a toll on your shit, but, um, well, let's switch gears. Let's end on a fucking good one. Let's go through some of like the best times in your life. Like, some of your funnest trips, some of the dudes that you think are the raddest that you've like, did you, I, I'll start with my memory. Cause this is the only time me and you ever went on a trip, I believe, which was skate rock. And you and Tony mm-hmm. Mirano showed up the first day with black eyes. Oh, <laughs> and what that trip was, that was, Hey, that trip was insane. Like all okay. skate rock, but like, Holy shit! From day was one, was that till... one for the books, dude? Because like, oh, yeah. I've been on trips, but you've been on like Gut and and you and a few others have been on many skate rock trips. So I'm asking you, does that one stand out as skate rock trips? Even well, I talked to Nuge about it because Nuge has been on, I think, almost all of them, and yeah. we both kind of agreed. I never went to any of the ones out of the country, but um. I know that like that South Africa one where they almost died in the truck, like, so every, but that's what long story boring is. Everyone was gnarly. Everyone had some crazy shit. And I think that was the energy that drew everybody to fucking like, we got to do another one. Like, you know, so, but to answer your question, fuck. Yeah. Herman's (laughs) hole was so crazy. The whole trip, like we got kicked out of the state of Mississippi. We got kicked out, banned in Mississippi. <laughs> that's like fact. That's all you did. I mean, just, out much. just that alone made that trip like wow. So I remember each like, other on setting each other on fire. Black everyone had black eyes. It was called Crack Rock. I still got the tattoo. It says Crack uh, Rock thirteen. That's I'm right. I'm gonna pull my yeah, leg yeah. up, but you know it's there. Dude, Tebow, you're gonna get cracked. <laughs> you're gonna get cracked. Threatening everybody. Yeah. Yep. So that what what happened with that one? This is not a feel good story, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> so they were just taunting me. I was kind of like the whipping boy and the fucking antihero man. I was just like trying to mind my own business. But they Timo had found some pills <laughs> at the airport, and he's like, "Zach, you little drug addict, fucking eat these, see what they're like." <laughs> and I was like, "Shut the fuck up, you know, leave me alone." I'm like instagram and are jerking i just leave me alone and they're finally like just they wouldn't leave me alone so i just i like took the bottle i put a couple in my mouth gave them the bottle back and then and then they're like ah and i didn't swallow them i just held them in my tongue because i i knew what i was gonna do i just jumped up and just spit him in timo's face (laughs) so he's spitting a man's face in front of the whole fucking anti-hero team he's and he just sits back he doesn't react he just looks at me he just sits back he's like all right I was like, yeah, fuck you, dude. You know, and I think it's over. Then we go and we do the whole, was it outside of Chicago where we broke all the lights? Oh, yeah. uh, We make it it back to the hotel. This is like night night two or something. Detroit was one. So we were like early into it. Mm. We were on our way to St. Louis. And so I was so, I was blacked out. Let's say that. And, uh, And I just remember sitting in the room with like, you know, nude fig stone maybe i don't know if you were in the same room <laughs> did you see it but i was just sitting there with timo and i was like just after i'd already I spit in his face i was giving him shit or something you know you did this that and then i thought i could box but dude i looked at the footage i could barely stand up so i'm like 
this and like i was like let's box you know and like i went to for a gut shot and it was just like eh. you know it was bad and then he just went bah, 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 bah. and then i like finally i was like fuck off okay you got me we're good and uh yeah he gave me two black guys and then i don't know if i got him at all but he had a black guy but i think that was from another fight but we were like the black guy guys yeah. <laughs> but that then, was a great fucking trip i had fucking ptsd after that shit i'll be fucking honest but i got a lot of good photos yeah oh i bet dude yeah because waters was on that trip re another rest in peace but uh i remember timo was just following him around the whole time goes waters <laughs> you're gonna get cracked Watch your back. You're going to get cracked. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, okay. man. That was a fun one. So were you there when uh, Nuge and Figgy knocked that dude out and they were like on TMZ in Chicago? Um, I was in the in the building, but yeah, I think I was setting up a board and they were like, we, in, yeah. We arrived after that. We were like at the Seabull skating and we got there and we everyone was like, ah, they told us. We didn't see it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whoop, no, whoop. I was I was in the. Uh, I was in the area, but no, I didn't see it. You been to Australia or New Zealand? Yeah, I've been to both. I lived, uh, I got a ticket to uh, New Zealand and with a stop in Australia, and I ended up staying in Australia for six months. Ooh. Five and a half. I got there and I skated, I think, uh, some relics. I skated like Five Dock, Oladala, uh, this and that, um, Narangay. I don't know. I might be making that one up, but you know, those crazy <laughs> sounding mm. uh, parks. And, uh, and then I went to Bondi and there's a ramp in Bondi, right? But it's not that one. It's this little ramp that was behind a bar and the indie guys were out there. So anyway, long story short, we're having a doubles Texas, Texas barge style ramp on this four foot mini ramp. That's like maybe 16 feet wide behind a bar and everybody's drunk Upson and Trujillo are, and it's a doubles, a doubles Texas razor on a little ass ramp. And me and Matt O'Brien are partners. We're living in a catfish age, homeboy. It's just not supposed to, get, it's just all bad. <laughs> so I went, I was skating, long story short, right? I go up front side and I step off my board and um, Wade Burkett, this big, big dude, he falls on top of me because everybody's on the ramp and but just crushes my ankle the wrong way. Like it didn't even fall the way, the, the hard way. Uh. And Max was there and he's like, Zach, I don't think, I think it's not good because everybody heard it. It was loud, like taking a tree branch and putting it in the towel. And just... so I ended up going to the hospital and getting it all fixed. But my point is I wasn't going to leave until I skated everything. So I was like, they're like, you can't walk for six months. I was like, no, I'm just going to. So I quit drinking for like, you know, four weeks and just ate protein and blah, blah, blah. I healed up. And ended up, you know, and then Mo came out, Timo. So me and Timo and my friend Dean Finch, who's an Australian, we just traveled the East Coast all the way up down Gold Coast to Adelaide or, you know, Adeline and um, Adelaide. And, uh, yeah, we just hit like over 100 parks. And then we went to New Zealand because that's where my ticket was taking me. Oh. and skated as much stuff as you could sleeping under bridges under you know making a little campfire under bridges like like hobo style but skater hobo style and yeah. just living in the car and causing a ruckus and just was that one of, was that one of the better ones that was probably one of the most epic adventures of my life yeah we skated so much and like i could handle it i could handle broken bones for fuck's sake 
And huh. uh, so my hangover wasn't shit. You know, it hurt, but I could get over it in 10, 20 hours as, as opposed to five days. But anyway, yeah. Did you, hang out with, did you hang out with Lee at all? Lee Ralph? No, we were in New Zealand. We, we, we looked for him, but we had no connection. Mm-hmm. So it was just more like drunken blabber, like, we're going to find Lee Ralph. But we never did. Yeah. Who, but, where's the best place you've ever been? Is down there one? Is that one of the best places? To skate when, when I was there, we were skating like relics. Or not even to skate, just like that. You like oh. if you could go anywhere, like that place was sick, or the experience, or just mm. the skating was that epic, like whatever. I really like Barcelona. Mm. Um, the beat, it's a city with a beach, you know, that's and it's not that far away from the, the downtown. From what I remember, I was only there for a matter of days, but that place was fucking epic. I was yeah. there with my friend Jagger. I don't know if you know Jagger, but yeah, I was at Dan Ball. I was there with him. I was staying in London for a while, and then we, we paid like 50 bucks to fly to Spain and Mac. Oh, and, uh, yeah, Mac Bar and the streets, the people, the food, everything was sick there. What do you think your claim to fame is on the skateboard rolling? I kick flipped the seven. I fucking like did a Miller flip in front of Andy <laughs> Mack. Like, what do you got? <laughs> I never Miller flipped in front of Andy Mack, but uh, <laughs> there's this ledge and uh, I tell said Hubba. That was like really fucking. Uh, Ollie and the Gons is fucking sick. I had the Gons when I was 17. Tell said Hubba when I was 18. And then there's this ledge in Philly. It was like 16 stair, but like the stairs are like two feet long. I front boarded it. Chris Cole's Ender in zero, zero video, but he did it after me. But I put my hand on the ledge. So uh-huh. you decide. But that was probably the biggest thing that I did. I really didn't consider it a make because I put my hand down for a second. But uh-huh. that's probably the biggest jammer that I've always ever jammed on. So. All right. <laughs> what this might be tough, but um, people are able to answer it. What? is one of it doesn't have to be the what is one of the best things you've ever been been there live for oh i got you on okay cream campbell's back 780 at the end of his run it showed up and skate um 93 god it might have been 92 but i want to say 93 cream campbell like he was shut up and skate at the skate park in houston and the vert ramp was there but this is street time so it was like Dune, Cream, Ethan, Jason Lee, Colin McKay, uh, Anthony Oglesby, whatever. They were all there. And um, Cream just happened. And I was on Mescaline. So everything was like just heightened. You know, I was just like, everything's so, whoa. You know, I don't know if you've ever done Mescaline, but like it's not quite acid. But anyway, it's something else. And then <laughs> so Cream does this fucking flawless run with just you know he flips his board but he has power and it's just like and then finally he just like drops in at one end push push it's in videos and like push 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 pumps over the pyramid and then just goes up it's just a bank but he uses it as a launch ramp ollie backs out an 80 over the rail flat and you can't even see him you know he's like he just disappears oh i was just i just trip i mean i was literally tripping and i was just like dude what if aliens came down and you know, you're just going to carry on with your day. Like how did that just happen now? You know, I thought it was like, I was comparing it to like aliens coming to earth or something. <laughs> I was fucked up, but yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was one of the most intense, craziest, gnarliest things that and Timo bombing 17th street. And he did not make it. 
but he did not die either. Yeah. Was he hammered? No, we were no, we were too we were not in our oh young Timo. Yeah, I was eighteen, so he was eighteen, nineteen or something. We were with Matt McGrath. We were at the top skating. The, there's a wall ride at the top of 17th, you know? Yeah. And then we're just, like, going to go towards back into the city, like, back towards market. And every rational, normal skateboarder, I guess, if that's even a thing, is doing power slides. And Mo has never even seen this hill, let alone, let alone tried to skate down it. And everybody's like, doing power slides, you know? And Mo just goes and goes and goes. <gasps> And we're just watching because obviously, you know, he's in front of us and he's just like a couple blocks in and we're like, holy shit. And he just starts to get the wobbles and he just goes down and it was like slides. Like he's on a slip and slide for fucking over a block. And I'm just like, don't go in oncoming traffic, please, please don't hit a stopped car. And I'm still skating, you know, I'm probably dragging my foot at this time to just like get a fucking sense of what's fuck is going on. But, you know, so I'm, I'm still, I'm riding up to him. And then I get down there and his pants are just like destroyed and he's just, rash everywhere and uh he survived and then we picked berries off the uh a wild tree and a wild <laughs> that was that day. but uh, he's he's a gnarly skateboarder yeah another all terrain everything can skate everything yeah. uh you said danny way i'm guessing as one of your all-time like if you made rushmore what would you go with how who would you put up there is Rushmore four people? Five. Oh, five? Oh. Well, let's just say five. I think it might be four, but I think we're going to go five. Okay, I got it. Don's one. Uh-huh. Cardiel, Julian, Way. One more, huh? Okay. Uh-huh. Carol. Mike Carroll? MC. Shout out. All right. If there was six, Timo, you're up there. Yes. <laughs> Timo six with Danny Way and. It'd be so sick. Okay, some kid just got sponsored by Anti Hero. Green, green as fuck from uh, Midwest. Let's say he's from Kansas City. You know, Mm -hmm. he comes to California, and they're getting him in ready to go in the van. He's going on a fucking Anti Hero trip around the country. He come, he comes to you, and he's like Zach. Give me some, give me some tips. What, what do I need to know before I go get in here and go with these guys? Uh, don't be cocky. Be, uh, don't think that your shit doesn't stink because it stinks like everybody else's in the fucking van. And uh, skate your ass off. And don't look at people when you land your trick ever. Oh God, no high beaming. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, there's like, a lot I could say, but you know, yeah. Short. Hell yeah. Um, fuck anything else we should fucking touch base on. What do you think about wheat berries, angel dust? Well, I man, have you seen first it? Thing comes, yeah, yeah. He sends me, I've got a, he sent me a hoodie, sent me oh. a hat. Yeah. He hooks me up because I've been sending him photos for the zine. Oh, right. I think it's a little weird that he put the Thrasher cover on his cover, the T Funk. But, you know, if we bear hears this, he's all, fuck that dude. I'm like, all right, whatever we, but I'm stoked that he's doing something. I'm, I, to be honest, I, and I'm his a, writing is really good. Sorry to interrupt you. What? Yeah, no, no it's, uh, it's fine. Um, I'm impressed, to be honest. Like, I, I was talking to Noah about it, and I was like, I just can't believe that this is ha- like, that nobody else is involved helping or put it to, like, 
it it comes yeah. at like he does it all, right? Yeah, I don't know. I he's hard to guy to get a hold of, but uh, I know okay. that he's the man behind it, you know. But I don't, uh, I don't uh, know if he has. I don't know how it works, where okay. I don't know. Yeah, good, good on your wheat. Keep good it up. on your wheat. I tried to get. I think we were going to do a trade at some point, but then the pandemic hit us but he was like i want to do an interview with you and i thought it was a setup i still think it might be a setup <laughs> and i was like okay but i want to do one with you on the podcast dude and, i was like yeah what's your t- okay yeah when i asked wheatberry no. the first time he's like fuck no i'm not giving my story away for free <laughs> <laughs> oh that shit dude i love it dude yeah because yeah. weed's the best i remember the craziest wheat story i mean there's a, it's not the craziest i should never say the is yeah but a crazy story i have about wheatberry is jake and i were going up to the what we called the cardiel rail before jack fardale came and did it but uh it's up in the petrero heights the one oh. cardiel board slide eyes looking crazy oh and- yeah yeah Right. So Jake and I were going up there to look at it because he wanted to fucking get someone to do it. This was a while back and we're walking up and he's like, we'll probably run into wheat. He lives like in the bushes over here or some shit like that. And like, seriously, wheat just pops out and we're and he's like, I knew it. Yeah. And it was Bob Burnquist's birthday and wheat knew that it was Bob. He's like, hey, dude, how do we get a hold of Bob? It's Bob's birthday today. And I was just like, this guy. He's so he's he's smart, man. He's on. No, he's head. a smart fella, man. Look at the size of his noggin, dude. I mean, there's a brain. You got to get that dude on here. I, I mean, we're gonna tune into that one. Yeah, and then Sean's trying to help me get Noah. There's a bunch of guys. Noah, that be a good one, Timo. Yeah. What would your five year plan be? Like, okay, like in um, five years, I'm gonna be. Well, I'm going to be pro, bro. And if I'm not pro, I'm going to have a kid. And if I don't have a kid, I'm going to be president of the USA. Well, well, you know how Mike Carroll's like pretty good skating, right? He's only six months older than me. So I figure in six months from now, I'll be as good as he is now. So I'm five years. If he, the better he gets, that's how much better I'll get. So that's my plan just to, I can't, your shadow and Mike. I can't Mike. do anything about the six months, but I, I'm six months behind them. So wherever Mike Carroll's at in five years, I'll be six months behind him. I don't know. Go back to school, get a job. Dude, I just, you know, I'm like washing dishes and flipping burgers right now. So, oh yeah, yeah. I work at a bar restaurant in the back How, as a cook. How's that for you? Is that is it's is fine? I triggers I no, or whatever. No, I have no temptation. I just work and go home. Okay, but um. My father's yeah. place. I, I used to work there actually washing dishes of like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. I know this place is down the street. It's called Silver Dollar. But, uh, you know, you'd be surprised what they pay. It's actually pretty good. But, um, no, nice. I do actually want to go back to college because I got like two years worth of credit. So I can get a BA in like two years or BS or whatever and uh, do something in communication and media. Okay. Yeah. Or be nice, a pastor. Dude. Well, sending you fucking good vibes and shit and hopefully yeah. fucking what you said, you just got a little bit of time to get through this stage. Yeah. What do you mean? Didn't you Sobriety? say you had like five weeks left or in your. Oh, oh, at this, this place where I'm at. Yeah. I'm leaving in two weeks. I'm going back to New York. State. Oh, in two weeks. You're going to yeah. go live in New York, New York state, Utica, like up North. 
Yeah, yeah. Central New York, upstate, Syracuse, Utica area. Okay. Yeah, my daughter's out there, so that's why. Oh, sick. Okay. And there's a school I can get into, a university four-year school. So Anywhere near Jamestown? I don't know. I don't know New York that well. Look up Jamestown. They happen to be the uh, skate shop of the year for us last year. Oh, shit. And the bod is out there, or he was recently out there building the skate park. Big cement. Oh, I'll look up. Yeah, look Grand, Grand, Grand Line uh, Park out in Jamestown. Those dudes are rad. They have an indoor bowl, too, wooden, and they're all fucking cool. Yeah, hit them up if it's nearby. I don't know where you're going, but. Yeah, it can't be too far. Okay. Well, uh, what we always uh, do the fake uh, jukebox and fucking pretend that we're going to put on a song and ride out into the sunset. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. All right. ACDC. This one's for Arco. Fuck yeah. Whatever I think of ACDC, I think of fucking Jake and Arco. They, those were heavy influences with the ACDC. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Good to see you and seriously hope everything goes well and, and uh, fucking you got my contact. Reach out anytime. All right. Let me know Thanks. how's it going. Yeah, dude. Right on, Smitty. We'll talk soon. Take care. Say hi to Joe Brooke and Bryce Knights if you see them up there, or Mickey or any of them. Yeah, yeah. Will do.